11th. Welcome to WMNF. You might be listening on WMNF.org or on 88.5 FM. Maybe you told your smart speaker to play WMNF. This is the Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan, and it's election day. It's the last day to vote. If you still have a mail-in ballot, please don't drop it in the mail. It's too late. You'll have to turn it in in person, and we'll tell you where shortly. On the show today, we'll have some local supervisors of elections to talk about how Election Day is going. But I also want to hear from you. Did you vote today, or did you vote early? Why? And how was your voting experience? Right now, you can email dj at wmnf.org, or you can text 813-433-0885. And please put your name and where you vote. Later on in the show, I'm going to open up the phone line so you can share your experiences. And we're going to be joined shortly by the supervisor of elections in Hillsborough County. And so when you, uh, when you write in, let us know and we'll read those periodically through the show and we'll open up the phone lines, as I said earlier. This is WMNF Tampa, 88.5 FM, WMNF.org. And I might get my guests on earlier than I expected. Let's see if they are re- So joining us right now by Zoom is Craig Latimer, Hillsborough County's Supervisor of Elections. Welcome back to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe, Greg. Thank you. Great to be here. I'm really glad you could join me. Thanks so much. So first, maybe let's start with what we know about how turnout is going so far for this election. What do we know about uh, who has voted and how they voted? Yeah, so, um, you know, we've had uh, some turnout that's been pretty equivalent to the 2018 election. Um, Our early vote was a little bit less. Our vote by mail was a little bit more. And uh, so far today... Uh, right now, as we speak, we've had 41,298 people have taken advantage of Election Day. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's a pretty good amount. Um, total, we've had uh, just almost a 40% turnout. We're just under 40% total right now. Uh, we had uh, 131,000 that voted early, 189,000 that so far voted by mail. We're still getting vote by mail ballots in because they have till 7 p.m. tonight to get those in. And what do we know about how the parties have voted, especially in Hillsborough? What, do you have a handle on who has turned in ballots by party? Um, I can tell you that actually, yes. Hold on a second. So um, vote by mail, we've had uh, 84,000 plus Democratic ballots, 63,000 plus Republican ballots, and 41 1,500, no party affiliation and other minor parties. And then um, early vote, uh, we've had 45,000 Democrats, 50, almost 60,000 Republicans, uh, 26,400 NPAs and other parties. And today so far, we've had uh, 10,700 Democrats vote, 20,900 Republicans and 9,500 NPA and others. And that information's on our website. Uh, that's no big secret. So go to my website, votehillsburg.gov, click on the 2022 general election, 
and then you can get the unofficial election results. I want to remind people that we're speaking with Craig Latimer, Hillsborough County's Supervisor of Elections on 2022's Election Day, November 8th. You're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. A moment ago, Craig, you said that people were still turning in their mail ballots. So what's the rule for mail ballots? If someone dropped it in the mail last week and you haven't gotten it yet, when do you need to receive it? And maybe the big question is if someone still has their mail ballot in their hands, what should they do? Yeah, great question. So a vote by mail ballot must be in my office by 7 p.m tonight, election election day. Um, if you mailed it a couple of days ago, go on my website and track that ballot, see if it's arrived back at our office yet. If it hasn't, I would urge you to go to your polling site uh, in the precinct that you reside in and vote. Um, if you still have that vote by mail ballot, you either have to turn it into one of my four offices today, uh, or if you go to an election day site, you can surrender that ballot and vote in person. What you cannot do is you cannot drop a vote by mail ballot at a election day polling site because they have no way to get those in my office by not, uh, by 7 p.m. You know, I want to follow up on one thing you mentioned. You said that if someone has voted and they mailed their ballot in already, maybe last week or something, but it hasn't shown up as tallied on your on your website, they should go to their precinct and vote. My guess is they're not going to be able to, it'll show that they've already voted or at least that they have a, a, a mail ballot. What happens? Do they get to vote a regular ballot or do they have to vote provisionally? Yes. So another great question. Thank you, Sean. Yes. You know, if we haven't received their ballot, there's going to be no block on it. They can go ahead and vote a regular ballot at a polling site. If we've received that ballot, once that ballot hits my office, it's considered cast. Um, so they would be blocked from voting. If they insist on voting, they'd have to vote a provisional ballot. But we've got their vote by mail ballot, so it shouldn't be an issue. Um, and, you know, having said that, too, if there's ever any question, you know, ask to vote a provisional ballot. Uh, some people think provisional ballots are, are bad things, and they're not. It's like an insurance policy because it's going to give my office more time to research and ascertain that, you know, somebody is a registered voter. They're voting in the right location. They haven't voted before. So always take advantage of that provisional ballot. It's one possibility for why you would only be able to get a provisional ballot. Just simply you showed up in the wrong precinct. Perhaps maybe your precinct changed and, and so they can't give you that ballot for that precinct. And you, in that case, you would vote provisionally if you don't want to seek out your, origin, your, your main ballot uh, location. And we encourage people to go to the, the correct polling site because the law is very specific on that. You must vote and the polling site and the precinct you're assigned to on election day. You can't just go anywhere. Um, the other thing is people will show up without identification and you can vote a provisional ballot. You sign that envelope. And the first thing we do is compare that signature on the envelope to signatures we have on file. Uh, they match the voter has nothing else has to be done by the voter. I want to remind people that we're speaking with Craig Latimer, Hillsborough County's Supervisor of Elections on Election Day 2022. This is WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. You do have to bring an ID to the polls in Florida. What kinds of IDs are acceptable? Yeah, so there's uh, 12 acceptable forms of photo and signature ID. The easiest ones are a driver's license or a Florida ID card. And uh, if you don't have either one of those, then go to my website, votehillsburg.gov, and you can look up the other 10 uh, acceptable forms of identification. Now, there's been some across the country, maybe in Arizona especially, there's been some instances where 
self-identified poll watchers are causing trouble for voters, are, are trying to intimidate voters. I'll go ahead and say that. Have we encountered any threats of that or actually any actual incidents of voter in- intimidation or possible intimidation in Hillsborough County? We have had none in Hillsborough County and, and throughout the state. You know, we have some really good laws around that. Uh, poll watchers, as they're termed, have to be a registered voter in the county uh, that they're watching in. They then have to be authorized by a candidate or the party. You can't just show up and say, I want to be a poll watcher. So you have to be authorized. We verify that you are a registered voter in our county, and then we issue credentials to you. Uh, When the poll watchers inside that polling site, they're not allowed to talk to voters. The only person they're allowed to talk to is the clerk, who is the person in charge of that polling site. Uh, So, you know, I think we've got some good laws around that. And then, of course, add to that the 150 foot no solicitation zone around voting sites, uh, you know, that it sets back people that are going to be campaigners and and anybody that, uh, you know, wants to holler at people. It puts them back a ways and the, the voters should have a clear egress to get in and out. All right, so that's good news for people in Hillsborough County. So far, no mention of voter intimidation. What about any other troubles at the polls? Did Were all of the precincts able to open at seven this morning or have there been any other uh, glitches so far? No, we were open at seven o'clock, ready to go. Uh, we had some, some great turnout. Uh, you know, we just had uh, people waiting to vote, which is not unusual on election day. We have a little rush. Uh, it's seven o'clock when they open. We'll have another one at noontime at lunch there when people come again. And then uh, in the evening, about five o'clock, it'll start to go up again. Uh, so if you know you haven't voted yet, get out now and get out at two o'clock and you probably won't have uh, any lines and any wait. I have a question that came in from an emailer. This is John in Port Ritchie, uh, which is not in Hillsborough County, but it's a question that's a general enough that I think that you might be able to answer it. Is there a way to check national historical data, data on which party voted by mail in each of the elections? I, you know, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I certainly don't have that at my fingertips. I know that, um, you know, we report that at the county level um, at the end of the election uh, because we have to by law and we have to report it by precinct and by method is what we call it. Um, we do have historical data on our website, though. You can go back and look at, again, Hillsborough County, uh, but not nationally. I'm not aware of that. And um, I think you can go to the state and you can get the state. But again, I don't know about the national. And the state would be on the Division of Elections website, which is part of the Secretary of State's uh, office. So you can just search Florida Division of Elections on, on the web to find out all sorts of state information about voters and voting and candidates. I want to remind people that our guest is Craig Latimer, Hillsborough County's Supervisor of Elections. And we're talking about Election 2022, which is today is the last day to vote. So if you haven't voted, please go out and vote. If you still have a mail ballot, it's best for you to go to your precinct and to either uh, to to turn it in there and get a new ballot or to turn it in at the Supervisor of Elections office. You can turn in your mail ballot today. Don't drop it in the mail. So, Craig, the the vote counting process has been under scrutiny um, since the 2020 election and well before that, of course, even way back to 2000, as as people remember in Florida. Can we trust the vote counting process in Hillsborough County and in Florida? Absolutely. You know, before every election, every county in this state has to conduct what's called a public logic and accuracy test. That's where we take a random sample of our tabulators 
and all of the high-speed tabulators that we use for vote by mail, and we run what's called a test deck through them. Uh, the logic is that it can see every single spot on that ballot where a vote might be cast. And the accuracy, of course, is does it count correctly? And it does. You know, we know what the outcome should be. It matches that. Then after the election, every single county in this state has to conduct a post-election audit. You can do that one of two ways. You can have your canvassing board randomly select a race and randomly select precincts. And then you'd go find all the ballots, vote by mail, early vote, election day, uh, for that race, and you'd sit down and hand count them. That can be a daunting task, especially in a large county. Uh, if they happen to pull a countywide race in some big precincts, you could end up literally with thousands and thousands and thousands of ballots. The other way you can conduct that post-election audit is uh, electronic audit system. And that's what I do. So we have a system that's certified by the state. And basically, you know, it's another type of uh, tabulation system, but not the same one we already used. I'm required to put 20% of my precinct ballots through those uh, electronic audit machines. I put 100% through them. Every single ballot that's tabulated in my county goes through this audit system so that we can once again ensure that these tabulators counted correctly. And I can tell you that they do. What's the rate been in the past? How close has the the audit been to the actual results? Um, Within one or two votes. And the reason for that is one might see it as an overvote and the other might see it as a vote. Uh, so that would be the difference you had. And, you know, with this uh, audit system that we have, we can actually go in and look at each ballot. We can look at each oval uh, on there and see, you know, how it's filled in. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a pretty fantastic system. Do we expect results tonight or will there be a delay in counting all of the votes? And if there is a delay, does that indicate that there's a problem? Yeah, thank you. So in Florida, uh, shortly after seven o'clock, by law, all the supervisors will begin to release uh, all of the early vote totals because we had to upload those by law yesterday and all the vote by mail we have up to that point. So we will be releasing that shortly after seven. Then the precincts will start to come in. And then any more vote by mail that we had, because you've got till 7 p.m. to get that here, we'll process those. Now, let me caution this. Um, we may not know results for several days because we have people that are going to be able to cure their signature. We have people that have a provisional ballot that may be counted. So we'll be adding more votes. Plus, we also have to wait 10 days. We can accept an overseas military ballot as long as it's postmarked by election day. Um, Everything that we report in the first seven days is going to be unofficial results. It's unofficial until it's certified by the canvassing board, and that's done about the 10th day after all these other ballots are in. The canvassing board then will certify the official results. But, you know, nationwide, uh, we may not know answers for a couple of of days or weeks even, uh, because I know some states, they don't even begin counting their vote-by-mail ballots and processing them until election day. Well, you know, I think I, I mentioned to you before that Um, You know, we've had 190,000 vote by mail ballots. I can't imagine trying to just start that this morning and it wouldn't be finished tonight. That's for sure. Uh, So there's going to be these results that continue to come in. And, uh, you know, that we just we probably aren't going to know what the uh, the balance of of Congress is going to be tonight. That's for sure. And that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a problem with the voting uh, systems. 
Not at all. It, it, not at all. It, you know, it's a matter of, of uh, putting all this together, uh, getting everything tabulated, you know, auditing everything and getting the results out. You know, earlier you mentioned that you're going to start releasing results at seven o'clock and that's seven o'clock Eastern, but some Florida towns are in the central time zone. Is there a delay in reporting for statewide offices? Yeah, the state will not start uh, providing their results until after the 8 p.m., which would be the 7 p.m. central time. You're 100% correct about that. Uh, the counties do, though, you know, the way the law is written, it says that that's when I have to do it. Uh, so uh, the state, like I said, though, they will not release their numbers that they've got until after seven or till eight o'clock. So if you want to find out who's leading in the governor's race or the U.S. Senate race, don't go to the state website, go to the local county elections websites and and uh, get your calculator out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and Go to every single website too. That's exactly. going to be the you might you might be better off just waiting until eight o'clock because it'd probably take you an hour to do all that. Well, um, I can tell you're not a reporter on election night. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of the election nights for me. But um, I want to remind people that Craig Latimer is Hillsborough County Supervisor of Elections, and uh, this is election day, and so we're talking about. In the last couple minutes that we have here, we're talking about what we know about elections in Hillsborough County and in Florida. And I got a question here from Bubba who says, how do we keep cyber ninjas out of our elections? I don't trust those guys, super sketchy. So I think what Bubba's getting at is that, um, you know, everything is connected to the internet, it seems, and that it might be possible for a, a hacker to get into the election system. What can you tell us about Florida and Hillsborough County's election systems and how close they're connected to the internet and how vulnerable they may or may not be to cyber hacking? Yeah, so uh, another good question, and I'll take it nationwide first. That's one of the beauties of uh, our system. In this country, we've got over 10,000 jurisdictions that conduct elections today, and they're not connected to each other. Uh, I'm not connected to Pinellas County. I'm not connected to Pasco County. Um, We're not connected to the Internet. By law, my election management server is an air gap system not connected to the internet or my intranet. Uh, and, and, you know, again, I've said earlier about unofficial results. And the one thing I like to always point out is that in Florida, we vote on paper and you can't hack paper. Uh, we can always go back and recreate an election. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, stringent practices in place. Uh, the state works very hard with all the supervisors around uh, the state. Uh, to make sure that not only our, our cyber uh, is, is healthy and, and uh, good, but also our physical security uh, with cameras and, you know, access points and things like that. Uh, but the biggest thing is that my election management software is not connected to the Internet. Now, the voter rolls are public record. Uh, you know, we had a thing in one of the last elections where somebody was sending stuff out to people and they thought that somebody had hacked the voter rolls. We don't have to hack them. All you have to do is ask for it. You get it. It's public record. Uh, so, you know, again, and it's that is the voter rolls are not connected to the tabulation system, too. These are two separate systems. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on WMNS Tuesday Cafe today on Election Day, Craig. Thank you, Sean. Have a good day. Thank you, too. Craig Latimer is Hillsborough County Supervisor of Elections. You're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. We're joined now on the phone, I believe, by the Pasco County Supervisor of Elections, Brian Corley. Welcome to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe, Brian. 
Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining me and uh, f- joining our listeners. Well, we did just speak with Craig Latimer in Hillsborough County, so I may ask you some similar questions um, warning our listeners ahead of time, but I, I just want to g- just get a v- general feel right now from you. What's Election Day been like in Pasco County? Well, I would use two words, smooth and, and vigorous. Uh, we had pretty strong Election Day turnout so far. Um, as of just a few months ago, we're just about 30,000 votes into Election Day, and so we're about just shy of 38% turnout. And a lot of voting left to happen today, so uh, things have been exceedingly smooth, smooth and very pleased. I want to remind people that we're speaking with Brian Corley, the supervisor of elections in Pasco County, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa. How do we, what can you tell us about the breakdown of who voted early and who voted in person early and by mail and versus on election day? Do you have any of those numbers yet? Yeah, we had for, for vote by mail, we've had just, just, uh, just under 75,000 vote by mail ballots returned. Our early voting was uh, 52,196. And when you combine the early voting and vote by mail or pre-election day voting, we were literally on pace by 2,000 votes uh, than we were for the 2018 general. Um, so we were, we're definitely holding steady for the turnout for 2018, which was quite strong for us compared to previous general elections. And I asked this question of the Hillsborough County Supervisor of Elections. They haven't had any incidences of voter intimidation. Have you noticed that, either any threats of or any voters mentioning that they've been intimidated at the polls this year? Uh, luckily, please report no. It's been, again, quite smooth. Uh, voters are coming out, and, uh, you know, we've minimal lines. We're getting in process. We've heard zero reports of any sort of intimidation or issues. Um, got a few shout-outs from voters, which we appreciate. Or amazing poll workers, but no, no issues. You're listening to WMNF Tampa, and we're speaking with Brian Corley, the supervisor of elections in Pasco County, about election day and how it's been going so far. Uh, do pe- people want to know if they still haven't voted, if they have a vote by mail ballot and they still haven't mailed it? I, I know the answer is don't put it in the mail, but what can people in Pasco County do if they still have a vote by mail ballot that they haven't turned in? Uh, their, their options are, at this point, a little bit limited, but still there's there's an avenue. Uh, they just need to get to one of our three offices, whether it be in West Pasco, Land O'Lakes, or in Dade City, uh, by by 7 p.m. And so they go, they call us 800-851-8754. We'll go to pascoboats.gov. We can give them that information. But it has to be in our office in our hands by 7 p.m. And I'm sure my good friend and colleague in Hillsborough County told you the same thing for his voters as well. And I have an emailer who's saying, where, where can I check to see if my ballot has been accepted? And this is, um, this is, I will tell them that any, go to your local county's supervisor of elections website to find out. But what is it for Pasco County? Re, what's the website again? It's, it's uh, pascovotes.gov. PascoVotes.gov, and it'll tell you whether it's been received and whether it's been tallied and if there's a problem. Now, in Pinellas County, I when I vote by mail, and if I, if there's a problem with my ballot, they'll the county will contact me. What happens if you get a vote by mail ballot and the the signature doesn't match, or there's some other problem with the vote by mail ballot? Is there anything that your office does to contact the voters? That's a great question. Uh, what I tell voters is when you go, you can call us, of course, at 800-851-8754, and we can verify, or you can go to our website. And if you see your ballots back and there's no issues, it's, it's going to tell you it's been received, and it's going to be tabulated, 
If there are issues such as voters forget to sign the, the outside envelope or the signature mismatch, that's an urban legend. We check every signature to make sure it matches what's on file. If there's an issue, we're going to reach out to you, the voter. Uh, we would have already made this outreach initiative, but we, you know, you have until Thursday at 5 p.m. to, in essence, cure the missing signature or the signature variance by completing an affidavit. So there's still time. And, you know, what I also tell people, there's the flip side of it's truly election integrity. Because if, if the signature doesn't match, we're going to reach out to the voter and make sure it was really them who completed it. I've not had one where it wasn't, but still, it's a good testimony for the, the integrity of our processes. Our guest is Brian Corley. He's the supervisor of elections in Pasco County, and we're talking about how Election Day 2022 is going so far. You're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. It's 1030 in the morning. You're listening on 88.5 FM. And we have... Uh, we have Brian Corley on just for a couple more minutes, but if you have any questions, shoot us an email, dj at wmnf.org. One question that I have is how quickly do you expect to have your votes counted tonight or beyond? Uh, Great question. Everyone needs to remember everything is unofficial. So what's going to happen is we've already, we've already tabulated and put into our our standalone air gapped election manager system. Uh, the majority of our vote by mail ballots, and of course, all of the early voting. So when the polls close at seven, shortly thereafter, the, the first thing voters are going to see, they're going to see those unofficial results. The key word again is unofficial because it's not over on election night. Elections are a lot like Thanksgiving. You know, you finish your turkey, but you're not done. There's leftovers, there's a nap, there's lots of football, et cetera. We still have a lot more work to do. We're going to have uh, a late run uh, vote by mail, which are any ballots dropped off to our offices at 7 p.m. We'll be working well into the early morning hours. We're still not done. We have provisional ballots that are going to be looked at Friday morning. We have vote-by-mail ballots that require signature cures, for example, and, and very fitting with this Friday being uh, Veterans Day, honoring those that, that wore and wear the uniform, our military voters get 10 ballots back. So the election will not be certified. Again, everything is unofficial to, until a minimum it would be until the 18th of this month. So voters need to understand that. Listen, you know, it's not over until we certify the election. The West Central Florida region and other parts of Florida right now are under a tropical storm watch. Is that tropical storm watch impacting election day or impacting the work of your office at all? No, we'll be we're going to be fine. We'll have, of course, all the votes will be cast. And we'll internally be able to process everything. It, it potentially could impact, you know, picking up some of our supplies from the precincts, but that's not a problem. We've got everything back we need, so. Uh, we, you know, in elections, you always have to have a plan A, B, and C. And all of us and, and uh, supervisors have what's called a continuation of operations plan. So we, we do a lot of tabletop exercises working on every possible scenario. So we have that covered. I'm not, not worried about that. Well, Brian, is there anything else that people should know about voting in on Election Day 2022 in Pasco County or anywhere else in Florida before I let you go? I would just say, you know, your listeners need to understand that, that there is no greater advocate for voters and voting and voting integrity than a supervisor of elections or his or her staff and his or her staff, rather. Um, we are the trusted source. Just fact check what, what you're, you know, what you're hearing about. A lot of it is disinformation, misinformation. Elections are safe. They are secure. You may not like who the winner or losers are of the contest, but it is legitimate election. Um, you know, and I'm proud of my, my colleagues in Florida. We, we, I think we do it right in Florida. And uh, just when in doubt, reach out to your supervisor, ask those hard questions. Let us educate you on um, the reality of elections administration versus what you're seeing on social media. 
Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on WMNF's Tuesday Cafe on Election Day, Brian. Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Brian Corley is the supervisor of elections in Pasco County, and you're listening to WMNF's Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. I should say that I invited Pinellas County's supervisor of elections, Julie Marcus, on the show, but I did not get a reply. That's too bad. It would have been really great to hear from the person who runs this, the elections for Hills uh, for Pinellas County's nearly 1 million citizens. So uh, too bad. Maybe, maybe next time we'll get her on. Uh, let's take a quick look at voter suppression laws in Florida. And while, I'm, while we're doing that, I'm going to encourage you to call in 813-239-9663. You can also continue to email at dj at wmnf.org or to text at 813-433-0885. I want to hear from, from your experience. Did you vote today? Or did you vote early? And why did you make that decision? How was your voting experience? So give us a call, 813-239-9663. But first, let's look at voter suppression. About 4.8 million Floridians voted early. That's a significant decrease from the 2018 midterms. And our reporter in Central Florida, Danielle Pryor, is reporting that a Stetson Law professor says that could be due to Florida laws that are suppressing the vote. Early voting in 36 states is actually surpassing 2018 numbers. But notably in Florida and Texas, participation in this year's midterm election is way down. Stetson Law professor Chara Torres-Spellacy says that's most likely due to both states passing what she calls voter intimidation laws. So, for example, in Florida, one of the changes was that drop boxes had to be at uh, the supervisor of elections office uh, instead of in unmanned locations. So that necessarily is going to inhibit individuals who used that uh, option in 2020. She says participation could still spike in Florida on election day, but subtropical storm Nicole could put a damper on people's plans to head out to the polls. In Orlando, I'm Danielle Pryor. Well, thanks for that report from WMFE in Orlando, Danielle. And uh, we're talking about the elections today because it is election day on in Florida and around the country. And you're listening to WMNF Tampa 88.5 FM. You might be listening on WMNF.org. This is the Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. Well, we're going to go to you now and find out about your voting experience. I'm going to open the phone lines now so you can share your experiences and tell us, did you vote today or did you vote early? And why did you make that decision? And how was your voting experience? I've got a lot of, um, of emails already and texts, so I'll get to those as I can. But let's start out by uh, going to John in Largo. John, you've been waiting patiently. What would you like to say? Oh, uh, this is uh, Chris Diamond. I'm in off the air. Sometime you want to answer that question that I posed off the air, you can do so off the air. Uh, I'm, I want to call uh, comment on the debate between Chris and DeSantis, where Chris said that DeSantis had unnecessarily caused 40,000 deaths here in Florida. I'm not sure where that number comes from, if someone could provide that. Or um, Hey, we're talking about the elections today. Let's keep it on topic. I get what you're saying. Um, Fact-checking debates, that's a great thing. That's a thing that we should do. Uh, it's kind of a little late for that. I really want to talk about the election process today. appreciate you calling in, Chris. Uh, let's go now to David in St. Pete. Hey, David, what's on your mind? Hi, how you doing? I just want to um, comment real quick. Oh, by the way, I voted by mail, and I think that everybody should vote by mail. Um, and I, there's, I think it's Oregon that uh, you have to vote by mail. There is no um, election. There is no uh, 
ballot to go to. But um, can you comment a little bit on some of the new laws that have been passed um, that, that specifically talk about, you know, in-person voting, such as uh, you can't you can't like bring water to somebody who's in line, or uh, you can't help somebody to the polls that they have their ballot. You can't help them to get to the polls. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little uh, out of practice on those, but uh, you know, I think in general, if if people are electioneering, which is different than what you're asking, there's a like 150 foot limit. Um, you know, I remember conversations about those. Honestly, I, I feel a little bit unprepared about talking about specific things like that because I I remember vague details, but not much else. So I I'm. I should have asked the supervisor of elections about that. I apologize. Anything it's, else? It's pretty significant. I mean, that's, that's a very significant law now. That people can, you know, with what's going on with the elections, uh, I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty important. So, all right. Well, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. David, thanks for calling in. And I will, I will get to that. I prom- promise. Uh, I'll look into it. So Kelly in Tampa, you voted. Did you vote early or did you vote today? Yes, I voted early Saturday. And what was it like? It was great. This is the second round of our voting this season. And Miss Robin Lockett, community organizer, she organized a picnic at the park. And we have politicians come out and speak, the ones that want to come and show up. The community came out and she gets donation for food from I don't know how she does it. She is a worker, Robin Lockett. And after we listen to the candidate, we march up to the library on MLK and 22nd Street, and we early vote in a peaceful fashion. We walk back to the park, and we continue the picnic atmosphere, including a good choice of good food. It is the best. Thank you, Sean. Well, Kelly, thank you for telling me about your positive voting experience, voting early. Thank you for that. And that's one of the things I want to find out this in the last 25 minutes or so, 20 minutes of the show is how do people, how did people's voting experience go? Did they vote today? Did you vote today or did you vote early by mail, in person? And why did you make that decision? And how was your experience? One thing I, you know, I'm, I'm really curious about because we've heard about this in other states is voter intimidation. Have, have you experienced any of this or have you heard of rumors? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say let's traffic in rumors, but um, have you heard of any plans for voter intimidation in your area that, that not everyone may have heard of that you want to inform us about? Um, hopefully we won't hear of any of it. That would be great. That would be the best outcome is that there isn't any voter intimidation, but I do want to make people aware if there are, if you have experienced that, um, but when, how did it go at the polls today? Was there a long line, a short line, or did you vote early? Let us know 813-239-9663 or WMNF.org or text 813 813- Sorry, it would be DJ at WMNF.org or you can text 813-433-0885. Wendell in downtown St. Petersburg says, why don't we have a paper receipt of our vote? Most people don't remember their choices. If there's ever a question about your vote, you have proof. 
I am suspect of any institution that says you don't need a receipt, just trust me. So that's a, a question that Wendell is putting out there to everybody on, uh, out there. If you, have a, if you have any thoughts about that, do you think that we need a receipt or, or would that help you under, uh, feel more comfortable? And I have a kind of a question to push back a little bit on that. So what, if you do have your receipt, let's say your candidate loses by one and you have your receipt that says, hey, I voted for my candidate. Okay, now what? <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be cynical or anything, but like, I don't understand how in that case, unless you knew everybody who voted for that candidate and you all pulled together and showed all of your receipts, in that case, then it would be very helpful, but it sounds like a logistical nightmare and a, and a, a random, um, that would be a rare occurrence for that to happen. So, wow, uh, not, not meaning to get too much off in a tangent, but thanks for that question, Wendell. I, I'm not trying to put it down. I'm, I think that that's a, a great question. I appreciate that. And if people want to weigh in on receipts, please do. 813-239-9663. Let's go now to the phones again. Here's Doug in Clearwater. Hi, Doug. When did you vote? I voted uh, Wednesday, or I'm sorry. Uh, oh my goodness, I forgot. Last week, sometime. It was, yeah, it was it was Thursday last week in person. And, and uh, no, I unfortunately some of the crazy stuff has really been eating at me. I love to vote on election day, and I I do a big thing when I vote. Um, I come sit outside in a in a chair and I wave my American flag. And I don't care how anybody voted, but I thank every single person that I see for voting. And to me, it's a celebration. And this year, it really bothered me because I felt just maybe it's not a good thing to do. It seems like there's so many people that are one way or the other and very emotional about it. So I didn't do it that way, which kind of took it away from me. However, I must commend the poll workers in Largo. They made me feel like I was doing it again, and it was so good. So I, my biggest thing is, is no matter how you vote, please get out and vote. It makes you feel good. Cool. Another positive experience. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Have a good one, and thanks for keep doing what you're doing today. I'm enjoying it. Well, thanks, Doug. I'm, I hope that people are getting something out of it. And, and I should remind people that stay tuned. After this show, we have uh, Janet and Tom Sherberger are hosting Wavemakers, and they'll also talk to voters because what they did is they went to an early voting site, and they asked voters, what's motivating you to vote this year? And do you remember the first time you voted? So if you want to hear responses to those questions, stay tuned at 11 on 88.5 FM for WMNF's Wavemakers with Janet and Tom Sherberger. So thanks, Doug, for that call. Uh, let's go now to uh, Jeff in Bradenton. Hi, Jeff. Hi there. Uh, how you doing? I am doing great. Yeah, thanks for hosting uh, this interesting topic. I, I voted early this year. by I received a mail ballot, and then I hand-delivered it down to the... Um, Supervisor of Elections in Bradenton, Manatee County. And uh, it all went very smooth, and I did so because it was convenient. Uh, but I encountered a poll watcher when I got there to drop off my ballot. And uh, I wasn't very intimidated, but the guy was kind of gruff, and he was within about five feet of the slot that I had to drop my ballot in. And so, so that was the only negative. So you, uh, 
it sounds like it didn't stop you from voting, but it just kind of um, made a, a little bit of a sour taste in, in what, what's, what's all this, what's, what's going on yeah. here? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I didn't know why I was being confronted. Um, I felt a little bit awkward, but I, I wasn't impeded or anything like that. All right. Well, th- thanks for uh, mentioning that. It's uh, so far you're you're the winner in in the the most voter intimidation so far, which is very little voter intimidation, <laughs> which I'm happy about. So, thanks for for letting us know, Jeff. Hey, Sean. Uh, maybe you could quiz some other people. You know, one of the motivating factors of getting me out was the last voting cycle. There was so much misinformation misinformation floating around that I wanted the you know, my truth to be unfolded. And so I, I hope we can minimize that kind of evil in the future. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And as much misinformation as we saw in the in the past, it is not going away. It's still continuing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we're going to be wrestling with as a society for how do we deal with misinformation, especially on social media. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. 813-239-9663. If you'd like to join this conversation, I'm asking people if they voted, how they voted, when they voted, why, and how their experience was. And we're getting a lot of calls and emails. Let me try to catch up a little bit on the emails here. Uh, This came in right at the beginning of the show. Ted in Elfers said he voted Democrat across the board and his daughter voted for the first time. It was smooth and efficient. All the poll workers were really helping move things along. So thank you to all the poll workers, solidarity to to the people helping us, uh, you know, helping us to vote and get it done smoothly. So thank you to everyone who's, thank you for your service, I should say. Also, we have an anonymous email from 727 that says, when they changed the rules about drop boxes, I thought they would only be at supervisor of elections offices, but I was pleasantly surprised that the library still had them, but now they were staffed. And uh, you know, I'm not positive about this, but it could be that were these libraries the, the early vote locations as well? Because uh, I know, or I'm pretty sure you can drop off mail ballots at early vote locations. Of course, that ended last uh, Sunday or Saturday in some counties. So, um, yeah, thank you for that. Pleasantly surprised. I'm hearing a lot of positive experiences so far. I'm, I'm really happy about that. Voting should be a positive experience. I think that's my opinion. All right, let's let's go down to Sarasota. Hi, Mike. What's how's voting in Sarasota? Well, thank you for taking my call. I wanted to respond to the. Uh, discussion about uh, written receipts for your vote. Yeah. Um, in 2006, uh, Sarasota had an uh, election for co- Congress between Vern Buchanan and Christine Jennings, and there was an issue with 16,000 missing ballots in Sarasota County, which probably which would have tipped the election over to the Democrat, Christine Jennings, had they been counted based upon the way votes were going. Uh, I was a plaintiff in the lawsuit against the state of Florida, and our lawyer was the ACLU, uh, when we sued about the about the um, you know election irregularities, and I, I I'm here to say that I I would have we would have really treasured having written receipts because many voters were complaining that the that that choice between the the, the, the congressional election was not even on the, the ballot, so then they would have had proof that. That, that they, they didn't have a chance to vote for it you know, if, they, if it had a written receipt well, if they didn't vote for it they, and, but it would have been it would have been it would have been written proof um, so I think that you know it, it may be written receipts for one's ballot 
might be a good idea when you encounter you know irregularities and the and the election goes wrong. That's, yeah. As hey, I think it did. In so mea culpa, I, I, that's something that didn't occur to me when I was reading that previous person's email or text is you're right. I mean, if it shows up something blatant at the polls and you can say, wait a second, that's not what I intended. In that case, there might be a way for you to fix your vote, like revote or, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what the what the remedy would be at that point, but you would at least be alerted that there might be a problem. So good point. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. And some people, some people were sure they had voted. You know, and 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 it wasn't counted. So there was there were there were two ways. You know, some people thought they never had the chance to vote. Some people thought they had voted, but it wasn't counted. So yeah, you know, that would have you know, it would have been good evidence either way. And by the way, um, just just for historical reference, um, we lost that lawsuit because the judge in Tallahassee ruled that that um, that the supervisor of elections here had not been ru- had not been notified that there were problems with the voting machines. And then, it, as it turned out, uh, after that decision was made. About 90 days later, uh, out came word, evidence that, in fact, the supervisor of elections had hid evidence showing that she had been notified. But by then, it was too late to reverse the decision. All right. Thanks for that story. I appreciate the the blast down memory lane of certainly a story that WMF was covering back then. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mike. 813-239-9663. We've got a full bank of phone lines. I'm going to get to some women in just a second. I want to read an email or two. Sandy in Zephyr Hills writes, I voted in person today at my local precinct. It was busy, but no long lines. I I was checked in and had cast my ballot within 15 minutes. Having my sample ballot already marked after researching every item was a terrific aid. So thank you. Another positive experience from Sandy in Zephyr Hills. Thank you for that. Let's go to Polk County. So, Michelle, you had an unusual experience. Hi. Hi. Yes, I did. Most unusual experience in all my years of voting. Um, I'm calling, of course, from Lakeland. I voted uh, last Tuesday. And as the last email, I uh, did my research, took my sample ballot with me uh, to use. I was checked in. Um rather quickly, which was great. They checked my ID, my signature. I took my sample ballot. I took my, uh, sorry, my voter ballot to the box and marked my um, ballot. And I went to put it back to hand it in, and it was rejected. Uh, The computer machine that you put your ballot in tells the voter why it is rejected, and you are offered two options. One, redo your ballot or choose to skip it. It remains as in the system. Uh, The first rejection said that I had uh, left a box blank. Of course, I wanted to fix it, so I took my next ballot back. Now, mind you, I had no secrecy sleeve the second time I was given my ballot back which bothered me just a little bit. I returned to fix it and put it back through the machine. It was rejected again. It was a totally different reason this time. This time it was rejected uh, because it said I had marked two boxes. Now, mind you, I had taken my sample ballot with me, and what was interesting was I had counted each square both times before I returned the ballot to the counting box. So I thought it was rather odd that it came rejected two times, but it was. 
The second time it was rejected, they told me I could request a new ballot. They handed me my old ballot back, the rejected ballot, put me in a special line where I handed my ballot over to a lady, was told to fold it very three times, put it in a sealed envelope. It was, I was given a glue stick to seal it with, and it was handed off. I'm not really sure where it went, but there it went. Got my new ballot. Now, meanwhile... I know Sorry, Michelle, I'm going to ask you to wrap this up. So did you eventually get to vote in a, in a, on a ballot that you think was counted? I did get to vote, but I'm telling you, it was a very strange feeling. I pre- I've never experienced like that, and I didn't feel... Interesting. I, so that's, I, that's I what happened like in like... I put my ballot in, but I'm not really sure. And... All right, thank you. I, I I agree with you. Very odd experience, perhaps, and but it does sound like after all of that that you had to go through, it, you, something worked out. So I appreciate that anecdote. Thanks so much, Michelle, for sharing that. And let's go now to Perry in Tampa. Hi, Perry. Did you feel intimidated when you voted early? Yeah, this I I if you talk to me, I um I voted early on Friday at Jam Plant Library in South Tampa and. Parking was way out inside a parkway away, and as I was walking up, I had these people screaming over at me to come over to them, come over to them. They wanted to give me something to tell me how to vote. I'm going, no, I'm good. And as I walked in, a young girl came in next to me, and, and it was her first time voting, and the announcers, everybody cheered her and stuff. And she had one of those cards they handed out, and it was in big letters, to vote for their party only. And I noticed, I was like going, I thought that was strange, and I just thought it was intimidating as I was trying to get to into the voting booth, have these people yelling at me to come over there and, and get their information from them. And, and then seeing it inside the voting room with big, bold letters on how to vote, at, you know, for a certain party, it just, didn't, it just felt really, it didn't feel right. And you're talking about like a card that the person, walk, the woman walked away with from that group? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is interesting and, and it's kind of weird to be shouted at. Yeah. But you were able to ignore them. Well, I was because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, voted ever since I was 18. But this young girl, I mean, I think she was, I think since she walked over and I gave her a card, I, I don't know how intimidated she was. It was her very first time voting. So I don't know if it was, if it intimidated her to vote a certain way or not. But right. it, just, it just, just didn't seem right. And then also bringing it in into the voting room, I thought they weren't allowed to bring in, you weren't allowed to bring anything except your sample ballot in with you, but I guess I was mistaken on that. Nobody corrected her, so. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Perry. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate yeah. that. And we do have a couple people on the line that I'm going to get to in the last four or five minutes, but I want to read these uh, quick, quickly read these emails before we get to Kim and Tampa and Rich and Bradenton. Um, Joe says, I always check to make sure my ballot was accepted and counted on Pinellas County's website. And again, that's votepinellas.gov. In, in, in the primary, I waited too long and dropped it off at the county elections office. It was easy to, to do a drive-through drop-off. Yeah, there's one in downtown St. Petersburg, very convenient um, for people who are live or work there. Uh, and then Jill writes, I voted early, but I dropped off our mail ballots at the Dunedin Public Library. The poll worker was extremely nice and looked a little bit like Santa. My girls and I like to sit down with our ballots and discuss the candidates. Then I dropped off the ballots. I liked how our library made the voting area a safe zone and no hecklers were at the polling place. 
And Jill finishes by saying, blue wave from our family. David writes, one thing that bugs me about Hillsborough County in-person voting is how the machine that intakes the completed ballots looks suspiciously like a large shredding machine. David says, I would feel better if the machine had a sign on the front that says, this machine is definitely not a shredder. Okay, thanks, David. And uh, let's go now to Kim in Tampa. Hi, Kim. Hey, hey, Sean. Uh, I, I uh, have a total easy um, voting experience. I usually vote early, and I voted early uh, in the primary at the Saunders Library, and it was all COVID safe, and uh, Supervisor Latimer has these pens that have a stylus on one end, and, a, and, and they're like a regular uh, ballpoint pen at the other so you get to keep the pen. There's no COVID transmission um, from what you used to write in. You know, so you put your signature with the stylus, and then you fill in the circles with um, the ballpoint pen, and it's just fabulous. And I kept thinking about calling in, and I've seen him, and I've complimented him in person. But it's just it's just an outstanding um, way that he runs the office here. And then I'm running for um, district supervisor, so I like to vote. Uh, on the election day uh, when I'm running for office and say howdy to all the uh, co-workers. But I wanted to hear yours and Janice's shows first, and they've been fabulous. Thank you so much for the service you're doing. All right, thank you so much for calling in, Kim. And let's uh, try to finish the program here with Rich in Bradenton. Rich, can you make your comment quick, please? Hey, I'll make it quick. Hi, how are you? Um, I, I called because uh, the other caller from Bradenton uh, called, and, I, and it's it, I I, mail, I I had a mail-in ballot. I, I brought it to this polling place. And, yeah, there was a guy there keeping his eye on the, on the box, and he clearly worked there. He had a little button that identified him. And he just was explaining that if you wanted to drop off your mail-in ballot, you put it there. And if you didn't want to do that, you could go inside and vote. Those were your options. And I didn't feel anything threatened. I mean, obviously, I've been thinking about all this crap that's going out, on, out west, like in Arizona. So I was a little bit concerned, but immediately I could tell that he was there in official capacity. So I wasn't the least bit intimidated. I was inquisitive, but that was it. Great. Thank you so much, Rich, for that experience. And I want to say thank you to Karen and Dunedin for saying she dropped off her mail ballot. It was quick and painless. And... Farah says, voting guides from each party are allowed. Voters can take them into the poll or can refuse to take one. These are given outside the 150 feet barrier outside the poll. The volunteers are allowed to call voters over. So thank you for those that information, Farah. And I want to thank everyone who called in. Wow, we got people from all the counties, it seems like. Polk County, Pasco, Hillsboro, Pinellas, Manatee, and Sarasota. I, you know, if I left anybody out, we got a ton of people from all over the area. So thanks so much to everyone for calling in. And thank you to our phone screener, John Dunn, for doing a great job today, as usual. You've been listening to Tuesday Cafe. I'm Sean Canan. If you like the programming on 88.5 FM, please consider making a donation at WMNF.org. Next up is Wavemakers with Janet and Tom Sherberger. They asked voters, what's motivating you to vote this year? And do you remember the first time you voted? That's coming up after NPR News headlines. You're listening to WMNF Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota, and Lakeland. Thanks so much for listening to 88.5 